2: You're listening to the Sands Pants Network.
3: Tom of comedy, <laughs> culture,
4: adventures,
3: and ghosts.
5: This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan.
0: Yes, good day, everyone. Welcome to this special quick turnaround debate recap episode of News Fighters for Monday, the 9th of May, 2022. Of course, last night was the second leaders' debate. On Channel 9, and what a cluster show it was. Uh, I tell you what, though, the promos certainly hyped it up. Who scores the power tonight on 9? Yes, no, sorry, that was actually the promo for LEGO Masters. Here was the promo for the actual debate tonight. The live election show the issues that really matter to you. Yes, the issues that really mattered to you, provided the only issue that matters to you is people talking over each other all the time. You're you
2: only you've only wanted to get rid of the, had of the better off overall tests. your that's You've been telling this for your party when it given you energy
0: and climate. I think we're getting more questions between us. Excuse me, I think we're getting more questions between the two of you than our panel. Yes, Channel 9 also I promise that nothing
5: is off limits.
0: Yes, yeah, so and one topic that definitely wasn't off limit was lettuce prices. Once again, of course, last week on the show it was lettuce week. How long are they going to be confronted with lettuce at five dollars?
2: How can you make a lettuce cheaper?
6: One lettuce alone
2: would be two percent of that paycheck. An iceberg lettuce, five dollars mm.
0: fifty. You can't necessarily change the price of a lettuce. And this week, the very first question, of course, was once again about lettuce prices.
3: Now, we know right around the country, households are, of course, concerned about forking out to feed their families, how much the groceries are costing in their baskets every day. What can you do to actually reduce the cost of lettuce. Mr Morrison, lettuce costs $5, we know that. How can you actually
0: reduce that cost? I'm joking, of course. The whole uh, lettuce obsession at the moment is uh, uh, emblematic of just general cost of living pressures. And one of the greatest cost of living pressures facing families at the moment is petrol prices. Something Scott Morrison said he wanted to put back up
6: again. Well, one of the things that can make a difference to ease the cost of living pressures is halving the fuel excise. Mm. And that's Mm. helped businesses, that's helped a lot of families. Prime Minister, will you keep that help coming beyond September?
0: Uh, No, that's not what we're proposing to do. Geez, thanks, ScoMo. That's a big help. No, he did actually have one kind of weird answer for uh, what to do when petrol prices go up again, though.
6: So does that mean, though, that as we see interest rates set to rise, inflation set to rise, that all of us will be paying full price for fuel? Once we
0: get to the end of that six month period, then we will continue, of course, to provide those cheaper medicines. Yes, cheaper medicines is Scott Morrison's idea for how to bring petrol prices down. I'll just fill my car up with Benadryl. Thanks, ScoMo. That, of course, was a great example of something Scott Morrison actually does well, which is not answering questions. Something Anthony Albanese actually has to work a bit harder on after these last few weeks. What's the national unemployment rate? national unemployment
2: rate at the moment is, uh, I think it's 5.4, sorry. Caught short on detail again. What are the six points? The the six points are what we will do in terms of was outlined by Bill Shorten.
0: Ah, bad form from Albo there. Look at him trying to answer questions he doesn't know. You've got to do what Scott Morrison does and just say something completely different like he did many times throughout the debate last night.
4: Um, Scott Morrison, you say that people know you and they clearly do. So why don't they trust you?
0: It's been a tough three years,
4: particularly the last two years. Mr Morrison, you mentioned the $886 billion Commonwealth debt a little earlier. How long is it going to take young Australians to pay that back? They will be in work. (laughs) Will Australians continue to have access to the sports they love on free-to-air TV if you are in power, Prime Minister?
5: Well, we're both promising a review on that issue.
3: More than a quarter of the voters out there are undecided. I mean you've been campaigning for four weeks. Why haven't you convinced them, Scott Morrison, that you are the one to be re-elected?
5: Well that's you're exactly right that there's is a choice. Elections are a choice. But they're not the real choice either of you. Between not whether you like someone or don't like someone.
0: Yes, democracy is not a popularity contest. You just vote for who you don't like. That's generally how democracy works, right? Vote for who you hate. Anyways, uh, David Crowe from the Sydney Morning Herald also had uh, this uh, kind of leading question towards Scott Morrison uh, that I quite enjoyed. Uh, Check it out. Mr Morrison, have you seen any corruption on your side of politics
4: in your time? And if so, what did you do about it? No, I haven't. Never?
0: No wrongdoing? No. Never happened in the Liberal Party at all? I haven't seen that, no. Wow, I haven't seen someone masterfully tease out such a clearly incriminating yet leading question like that since TV's Columbo.
2: Oh, one more thing, sir. Uh, We got something else on the gun. Did I mention that? Before I talked to him, were you really playing chess the other night? (laughs) Yes, sir, but... uh... You did kill Claire Daly, didn't you,
0: sir? For me, the highlight of the debate was probably when the candidates got to ask each other questions. And uh, check out how uh, Anthony Albanese set up uh, Scott Morrison here with this uh, amazing question uh, that caused uh, ScoMo to kick a bit of an own goal here. Check it out.
2: Should all Australian workers be paid at least the minimum wage? Well, it depends if they're running a business or not. I mean, if you're
5: running a business, I can tell you who doesn't get the minimum wage necessarily small business owners when the money's not coming in the that's door That's not the question Scott no, I'm you know sorry it.
2: there no. are a whole lot of people out there mm. who are working in the gig economy and you're the they're Prime the Minister context. of Australia so so they're not workers they're, they're working as con- they're working for themselves that's why they do it Your Uber driver is not a small business person there's someone there's someone trying to get by there's yeah. someone who's and trying got to an get an opportunity
5: by. to do just that provided by a new economy business that is allowing them to take charge
0: of their own life. Gotta love Scott Morrison's thinking here. People who are working for below the minimum wage as independent contractors are taking control of their own lives. Why, those people I see out collecting cans. They're big entrepreneurs. The issue of China and the Solomon Islands came up, and Chris Yuleman accused Labor of being soft on China. How can, we have, how can we have confidence time, in the as, Labor as Party, party that it will stand up to China,
4: China when some of the loudest voices in the country on being pro Beijing come from inside your party? Some your of deputy your elders
5: are.
2: Well, oh, that, 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 that's an outrageous slur. He runs his speech to the has, government. Labor has. Labor has always been always been good on national security. i tell you who Australia turned to in World War II,
0: In our darkest hour, John Curtin. It's got to love Anthony Albanese there being super topical and on flick for the Zoomers with all those John Curtin references. Now, I don't know why the media keeps saying that Labor will be bad for us on China when it's Scott Morrison who stuffed up our relationship with China to begin with by repeating Trump's talking points calling for an inquiry into COVID-19.
5: Prime Minister Scott Morrison used his address to the G20 summit to once again call for a thorough investigation into the origins of COVID-19.
0: Deborah Knight from TGB Radio had a great question for Scott Morrison. Why don't you resign?
6: In the event of a hung parliament, will you put the interests of your party above your own interests and resign as leader if that's what it takes to form government?
5: Well, what I'm advocating is that votes for independence and particularly those you refer to at this election is a recipe for chaos. But if that's what it takes for the hung parliament... And that's why in the course of an election, which is where we are right now, I'm urging strongly against such a vote because you can't vote for someone who won't tell you how they will
0: vote. Yes, but Labor doesn't seem to be telling anyone their policies and they're ahead in the polls. And also, uh, Barnaby Joyce and the Nationals got all sorts of uh, sweeteners for allowing net zero and nobody knows what they are. But Barnaby Joyce has refused to say what he's actually achieved in
3: these negotiations and what he's extracted from the Prime Minister in exchange for his party's
6: support. The Nationals say they've secured all sorts of concessions but won't give any details.
0: Uh, because it's a cabinet incompetent. Deborah Knight also made the best argument
6: for why nobody should vote for Scott Morrison. In the result of a hung parliament, though, voters need to know if they vote for you Will they get Prime Minister Dutton? Wow, Deborah Knight's got an interesting
0: hypothetical there. Just imagine if the Teal Independents hold the balance of power and uh, it's a Liberal minority government and uh, they force Scott Morrison to resign and Josh Reidenberg has lost his seat to a Teal Independent and then we wind up with Prime Minister Peter Dutton for three years. Uh. <laughs> I think the population of New Zealand will probably double. <laughs> and real estate in Sydney's inner west will suddenly become very cheap. Anyways, moving on to the Closing statements, and Scott Morrison said they're blindingly obvious. Well, thank you, and thank you for your attention tonight. This election is a choice. between two men who constantly talk over the top of each other. Uh, No, Morrison's uh, closing pitch was kind of along the lines of, uh, you hate me, but you know me. We're a known quantity, and in a time of great uncertainty and
5: great risk, now is not time to risk things on the unknown. Labor have no plan. They are unknown and a risk. A small target is always a big risk.
0: You know what we've achieved. Together and we can keep achieving that. Yes, we can keep achieving that. Whatever that is. What did we achieve? A complete lack of accountability and responsibility and leadership. We can keep achieving three more years of that. Meanwhile, Anthony Albanese's small target got so small that he didn't even try and differentiate himself from the white, middle aged Sydney uh, rugby league fan that Scott Morrison is. I, I came out of the worm a Labour voter and with three great faces. I was raised
2: uh, by my late mum, who I pay tribute to today. I came out with three great faces, the Labor Party, the Catholic Church, and the South Sydney Rugby League Football Club.
0: In his closing statement, Anthony Albanese tried to make it sound like an urgent priority that Labor wins the election. Childcare costs are spiralling right now. Aged care is in
2: crisis right now. Work has never been more insecure than it is right now climate change is an opportunity
0: not just a challenge right now now albanese's been accused of plagiarizing the movie the american president before but i didn't think he'd plagiarize a song by akon child care costs are spiraling aged care is in crisis climate change is an opportunity but it wasn't all doom and gloom. Albanese also tried to leave us on a positive message. And we can do so much better than we're doing right now. Yeah, just imagine if the leader was Tanya Plibersek or Penny Wong, you'd be doing a lot better. Anyways, now to who won the debate. But it turns out that was also up for debate, because Channel 9, first of all, said Scott Morrison won. And this is your verdict. a win. For Scott Morrison, 52% declaring him as the overall winner.
3: 48% chose Anthony
0: Albanese. Which of course led to all of the Peter Costello employees around the panel exclaiming, good job, ScoMo. It gives us a bit of an impression.
3: We know, obviously, Scott Morrison is more experienced in these kinds of formats. Deb, is that how you saw it?
6: He's a skill communicator, mm. and we know that. And I think on the face of it, he his conviction comes through very strongly, and he can prosecute an argument with great skill, and he did that tonight. And Anthony Albanese he looks rattled at times.
4: Scott Morrison is a powerful performer. I think on some, some mm. things, Anthony Albanese has a halting kind of presentation which may put people off.
6: But I think in terms of the skill as a narrator and as a, as a debater, I think Scott Morrison has that superiority over Anthony Albanese. But then, just
0: like a bad award night ceremony, it turns out the result was wrong. And the viewers had actually picked Anthony Albanese as the winner.
3: I'm just getting in my ear now. We've had up to 30,000 votes that have just come in on who won the debate tonight, and, in fact, it's shifted. Mm. So now Anthony Albanese sitting on 51% and Scott
0: Morrison on 49%. Which led the Channel 9 employees to be like, oh, yeah, he was much better. Now I remember.
4: (laughs) The debate, in in fact, in the room felt to me like it was reasonably even. (laughs) Anthony Albanese is now performing
6: better than we saw earlier in the campaign. He was well prepared tonight and it showed. And then, of course, more votes came in and it was tied.
3: It is now a dead heat. We have 50-50. <laughs> oh, it is just
0: and like that's, election that's... Anyway, so in conclusion, the 60 minutes debate was meant to go for 90 minutes and only went for 75. And the real winner was anybody who didn't watch any of the debate. Now when the Australian people go to the polls in two weeks and we hear their voice... We can only hope it doesn't sound like this. I
3: think we're getting more questions on Twitter. Excuse me. I think we're getting.
2: This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June.
1: Alrighty, everyone, that's News
0: Fighters for today. Thanks for listening to this very quick debate recap of the second leaders debate. The third and final leaders debate is meant to be on Wednesday night. We'll see if I have the energy to recap that one uh, and stay up late on Wednesday and do that. In the meantime, uh, don't forget you can uh, follow us on uh, social media on uh, Twitter and Instagram at News Pod. And if you want to support the show, we're on Patreon. Or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash News Anyways... Keep fighting, and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you
5: don't have to.